Yes, Honest Actors is back with brand new episodes every Friday. To help me continue releasing new episodes without a sponsor, or to say thanks for your favourite old ones, click the support link in the episode description. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. It's a one-off, feeling generous, good deed for the day sort of thing. Think of it as bumping into me and buying me a drink. To find out more, click the support link. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Uh, yeah, mine's a large red. I hate those guys. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. In your own time. My name is Denise Goff and you are listening to the Honest Actors Podcast. You pay a lot of money for that somewhere, wouldn't you? Seriously, I'm telling you. And I'm eating a biscuit and you wouldn't have even known that I was eating a biscuit. Hi, my name's Jonathan Harden, and you're listening to the Honest Actors Podcast. Kind of. I suppose it is. Uh, This is a special edition. It's another interview with Denise Goff, which I recorded in October last year, and I promised I would release it if, on running the London Marathon, I was able to reach my funding target of £1,500 for the Actors Children's Trust. Now, I have subsequently run the marathon and I have been able to hit that target, I'm delighted to say. And so, the time has come for me to keep my promise and release Denise. As I say, I recorded the interview uh, back in October at Spotlight, just about a year after we had the chat, which would become episode one of this podcast and which so many of you have enjoyed so much. So uh, it's the first time I've gone back and done a second interview with the same actor and as such I suppose it makes for a different experience and so to try and make this one fit in with those others uh, I as much as possible reflected back on the things that were said in that initial interview so if you haven't already listened to it it's not to say you won't enjoy this one but it might be an idea to go back to listen to episode one or it also appears as a unedited interview uh, somewhere between series one and series two in the feed so go back and listen to that and then come back and you'll probably get a lot more out of this anyway I hope you enjoy it. Thanks to everyone who donated and supported my marathon journey. Uh, the time for those of you who care about such things was 3 hours 27 minutes. And in spite of quite a few people telling me that I'd feel very differently once I'd fully recovered, I'm pretty happy to hang up the nipple plasters and cease preventative use of Imodium and know that I will never again apply Vaseline to my underarm area. Uh, In other words, you'll never again have a chance to donate to a charity as a result of me running 26.2 miles. So to take advantage of this final opportunity to donate to my campaign to raise funds for the Actors Children's Trust, and I've said on multiple occasions just how great a cause that is, all you have to do is go to justgiving.com forward slash Jay Harden. Here is Olivier Award winner, Denise Goff. So the last time we spoke... Yep. I had nothing, nothing, I tell you. Um, well, that was kind of the impression that certainly people took from a lot of it, was oh, that you've been through a rough, a rough period. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things you were saying was you were about to go in to rehearse 
uh, a play at the National Theatre for the first time. A play called People, Places and Things. Never heard of it. No, we did a shout out and I think consequently, pretty much like, apparently by the way, since Noam was Harry Potter sold out since the podcast went out. I'm yeah. telling you, it's my the, career it's the has changed because effect. of the honest actors. If you really want your career to change, you need to get um, yourself onto it. You said you were going to go into the National and you were going to cry from the second you got in. Yeah, and I did. And you did. I did, and I honestly did. And I told Barbara Martin, the amazing Barbara Martin, who played uh, my mum <clears throat> my mom in the show, on the very first day when I met her, I was like shaking. And I said, she said, how are you, darling? And I said... Oh, I don't know, I just think I'm going to cry. And she said, well, we must hold our nerve. And I said, <laughs> I said, no, no, I'm going to cry. And then maybe I'll try and hold my nerve at some point. But I doubt it. Um, and I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. Did you uh, reflect on the background? I got an Olivier for all that crying. All right, stop going on about your <laughs> Olivier. You've mentioned it twice. I, out of duty. Oh, I'm going to mention it at the end of every paragraph. I, out of duty, brought it up, but like, I wish I hadn't now, to be honest with you. I wish I'd left I it until have. the point where I've scheduled it in the questions. <laughs> so if we could just pretend that hasn't happened. It's going to be in every question, because Let's you're going to say, Denise, Olivier, award-winning actress. I'm not. Can you I refuse. I know that was in the terms. As presented by your PR Also, this room. I'm yeah. not happy with this room. The okay. next time we do it, we do uh, a suite at the door. This is just... becoming a bit of a nightmare. I, I wish I'd never I break. am a total wanker now. Uh, can I ask the questions? And then yeah, let's assume let's assume we're going to do it like an interview where I ask questions and then you answer them. Mm-hmm. And you're not allowed to mention the, the award. Olivier, the Olivier no, Award that I won. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so much fun. So okay, enough of that now. Did let's you go through... Uh, you talked in the last interview about taking your anxiety out of the pot. There's many, there's yeah. many bits of that interview have been yeah. requoted back at me on Twitter and various yeah. settings, um, and we'll get to some of them. But you talked about taking your anxiety out of yeah. that pot. Did you go through moments of self-doubt in that rehearsal process? All that being said, um, I don't think I did. You know, it was really weird. It was, it was the most incredible uh, experience there was a, something kind of alchemical that happened in the room that meant I just never felt well the thing is I didn't know what it was going to be either I was just really happy to be working at the National so I didn't really have any reason to be anxious I was just so joyful that my period of not working had come to an end and that I was working on something so amazing I mean it was just there wasn't really any reason to feel anxious at it, all it felt like when we spoke last you were determined that you were going to enjoy every second yeah, of it yeah and I really 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 did and some things happened that you know years ago would have absolutely terrified me and they didn't they just didn't I mean I was so I remember being really scared of one part of it so I had a little bit of like uh, about one part of it where she was on the phone so I was on the stage on my own and that to me is like oh god there's nobody to play with I didn't sign up for this oh shit so even in rehearsals I remember I would rehearse that bit like and go yeah yeah yeah, I'm finished that now Jeremy let's move on to the next bit I'll get it I'll get it right another time but I had so much faff to do like I had to smoke a cigarette be really hammered snort a line of coke do a really big punchline of a joke like it was really I thought and there was nobody to help me out if it went wrong you know and so my my fear monster decided that was the bit that was gonna oh it's gonna be great this is all gonna be great if it was gonna unravel at any point that would be it yeah so then before the first preview I was standing backstage and I said my prayer to whatever the hell it is and I said, okay, well, I'm here, I'm here now, and um, do whatever you need to do, I'm ready, like, I'm, 
I've rehearsed it as much as I can rehearse it. Uh, we've teched it. It's all ready to go. I've got drunk enough water. I'm semi-warmed up because I have a weird thing about warming up. And, uh, and I said, I'm ready. And so I went out on stage, and as I stepped on the stage, one of the trap doors broke. And so there was a huge hole in the stage. And I saw it, and I thought, okay, there's a hole in the stage there. Okay, carry on. So we carried on, went through the Chekhov bit, and then the hole was still there, and everybody came out on the stage, and I was thinking, how are they all not falling down this big, massive hole? And then, and then I went on to the scene with the phone call. And so I'm in the middle of the phone call, hearts going, and then the stage manager came out onto the stage and said, I'm really sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to stop the show because of this huge, big, gaping hole in the floor because it's too dangerous. And I stopped for a moment, and then I said, ah, fuck, I was really good in that bit to the audience and then they all clapped and I walked off stage and I had such an epiphany backstage where I thought, oh my God. It's like the gods of the theatre had decided to show me that it could, the stage could break in half, the show could be stopped in the middle of the, the part that I was most terrified of and everything would be all right. And I went back out on the stage and I said to the audience, live theatre, ladies and gentlemen, in a really fancy voice. And then I carried on from the middle of the phone call. And from that moment, and like the stage manager, Johnny, came up to, or not the stage manager, but the crew member, Johnny, who had, like they'd only had two days to work those traps. So he came up to me after the show, devastated. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I can't believe it. And I was like, that was the best night I have ever had on stage because from that moment on then there was zero fear yeah. because I just thought well we're in the it doesn't matter what goes wrong it doesn't um, matter we saw it at the Dorfman we're lucky enough to see it before uh, the transfer and before my performance became huge um, and with a very posh English accent oh, I heard that yeah um, totally it looked exhausting right um did it ever get to the point where you felt like it was too much, where you were exhausted yeah. and you thought, I don't really, I don't fancy a show tonight as much as I'm really loving this? Yeah, of course. I'd love a wee night off to go and sit on my own and do some yoga, or like, how yeah. did it, how did, how well, did the see, process change over the course of the run, or how did your feeling towards it? Well, because at the National we had loads of time off, which was weird, where I was like, oh God, I need to just get a run at this. And then in the West End we had like, I think it was 15 weeks. And by the end of the 15 weeks, I was really tired, like just physically really tired. And also, like <laughs> on one performance, I was ill, so I had to keep running off stage and like peeing into a bucket and stuff like that, you know. So physically, I was better off stage to, than on, though. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. But I had said I would take it that seriously that I would actually pee on stage. Um, no, but you know, I had started, like, my body had started saying, okay, I'm, I'm pretty tired. And emotionally, I was tired. But I have, I have quite a, a zhuzhi story of, I was in my dressing room in the interval of one of zhuzhi the shows. Zhuzhi story. Zhuzhi. This is really zhuzhi, and I'm going to drop a name that, like, Gonk. the clunk is going to be really loud. But I don't, I don't care, because I can do that now. So I was talking to Jacob, that's not the name. Um, so I was talking to him in the interval and I said, I don't know how I'm going to do even the rest of this show um, because I'm so tired. And he said, you need to talk to somebody who's done this before. And I had had a conversation with lovely Imelda Staunton. It's a name drop, but it's still not the name. Um, we're building. Uh, we're building up. And um, 
who had done Gypsy, and she had been really helpful. But Gypsy was a different type of a show. Is this one that you called me? This? <laughs> Jonathan Harden. <laughs> no, anyway, so then I said, I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to get my agent to ring Mark Ryland. Slam, slam, slam. See what happened there? Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's the guy with the big ears from yeah, the film. Yeah, massive, massive. Huge ears, um, spindly he, legs. No, I, I, I decided that moment I'm going to ring my agent and ask her to see if Mark Rylands will have a cup of coffee with me because I think Jerusalem was this thing that everyone talked about as having had the same type of, needed the same type of physicality and everything. And then, no joke, like two minutes later, the company manager came to my dressing room and said... Mark Rylance is in the audience and would like to come and see you after the show. What are the chances? What are the chances? Seriously. So again, I just Turns feel like out he was in every night. Every waiting night for he was the call. there. He was waiting getting for the notes call. on my performance to use in a performance of his own. But That's he was just waiting for the call. He was like, <laughs> "When, when, when is she going to call me? When is she mentally going to put out?" Um, but then, yeah, uh, then he came up to the dressing room. He and his lovely wife, and they talked to me about. I said, "I need to like." I don't know how to sleep anymore. I don't know what oh, to wow. do anymore because of the adrenaline. Like at the end of a show like that and then 800 people stand up crying and clapping for you. Like you want to hold it, but it's like, I don't know how to do this. I'm so, so tiny. So I remember there was something at the National where you were kind of cleaning the energy off. You didn't that kind of so in the, in the West End, Mark said that you have to close, you have to close the energy off, you know, on the stage, that's what he would do. And so I developed a little thing that I do now, that I will always do at the end of a show to let them, the girls go, like let the women go because I need to go home as myself, you know. And I never would have believed any of that old stuff, but well, I really, if, if that's, I now know that's something, that theatre can be quite magic, you know. Like playing a part like that can I, be. I'm gonna then throw this next question. I think, and you probably will say no. Um, looks beautiful on you. Thanks. I'm just checking my microphone there to make sure people aren't missing these pearls of wisdom. I'm only, I'm only recording my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be a you'll be a faint echo. Um, so the question is: Did the whole process have any impact on your life outside of work, oh, in any yeah. kind of detrimental way? No, I, no, not detrimental. No, it's been amazing. I mean, it has meant that I couldn't see, I didn't see my family as much as I would have liked to. But, but no, and it's really cleared for me, it made it even more clear for me that you cannot be an asshole in this business because people are so nice to you when you have a break. Like, suddenly everyone is nice to me. Like, I'm going to have to start taking people out to dinner and seeing how they treat waitresses to find out what they're really like because everyone is just nice to me now. And it's really lovely and everything, but it's now I look at people who behave badly (laughs) as actors and I think, oh, my God. You're basically... You don't have to do much for yourself anymore. Like, people are offering you things and asking you, would you like to do this and paying you for stuff? And you think, don't be an asshole. Don't ever be an asshole. Like, be easy to work with. Make life easy for the people who actually have to work really hard. Like, crews and stuff. I'm learning how... Yeah, crews, backstage people, you know, all of that. On the subject of being nice, or people being nice to you... Um, it it has been 
one of those things from the outside looking on that has been striking about the past year, having watched you from a distance as a friend. Um, yeah, because you're not allowed to get too close to well, me Well, that's anymore. it now. There's too many people around you. <laughs> um, well, I've had my security say. Uh, that weird guy I used to be friends stop, with. <laughs> can, can he stop looking at me, by the way? His wife can hang out with me, because okay. she is my sister wife. Well, but. then, that's all fine. <laughs> uh, the question uh, is, uh, the, the observation is, the question will follow, the observation is that you have, unlike a lot of people who have a break, as you put it, mm. uh, you have somehow managed to maintain a great sense of goodwill from mm. other actors. It seems like you have the yeah. support of that the has industry. Been phenomenal. That really has, like the messages of, I realised recently, you know, on Facebook, people can request to send you messages. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know about that. I just have always seen this little red dot on my messages thing. So then about two weeks ago, I was finishing up something, a job one night, and I was looking at that thing and somebody said, look, you've loads of, you've requests. So I clicked on it and there were a lot. I mean, it took a lot. I was like, fucking hell, this is amazing. All these people sent me messages of congratulations, of love, support, kindness. I just thought, first of all, I can't reply to everyone, sorry. But I, yeah, a lot of actors and actresses have been... Yeah, really kind. But I think it's because, you know, when somebody's had to work for it, though, it's like, I didn't skip any steps here. That's what Kush Jumbo said when she had, she had major things happen for her. And, um, and she was asked, why do you think people have such, are so happy for you? And she said, because I didn't skip a step, you know, because nowadays you see people skip all the steps yeah. and suddenly they're, huge and they've done one thing or and then they become assholes and but also i mean what's what's really interesting about that as well is i think everybody would choose to have done the steps yeah i think i think sometimes not having done the steps leads to people being insecure totally and And then they become assholes because they're afraid and so they're desperate to be taken seriously as actors whereas in your case you've no real reason to feel insecure about it and also i don't i don't do it for the stuff around it I do it to do good work like the greatest thing that has happened over the past year for me is now I can choose to do really good work so there isn't a like I could easily have signed a lovely you know I I could have done something else this year had I wanted to and become very famous but I don't I'm not interested in becoming very famous Um, so there is a lot, you say you don't do it for the stuff around it, but there was a lot of stuff around that show. There was one Sunday, I remember, we got Sunday papers and you were pretty much on the cover of every single supplement for every single Sunday paper. <laughs> it's like, I, like we couldn't get away from you. Except what, the mail, I will never be on a supplement on for the mail. On one occasion, you were in the photograph peeking out from what looked like a hedge. I know. So it almost looked like you were stalking me from the Sunday supplement. So funny, because my friend's dad sent me a picture of a goblin peeking out from behind a tree and said, oh, look it, it's the same. This is the untouched version. Yeah, basically. (laughs) It was so funny, that photo shoot, because we had to go down to the bank of the Thames, like to what's called the beach, apparently, and the photographer was like, oh, do you want to play with some things, you know, pick some things up? And I was like, what, like this used tampon or this piece of fucking broken glass? Like, 
what are you talking about? And he told me that there was another actor that actually jumped into the Thames and I was like, mm. because he wanted to be on the front cover of the supplement. Not happening. Not happening. Um, so while that's going on, your face is everywhere, yeah. uh, peeking out from behind hedges. Uh, it was a wall, actually. It was a mossy wall. All right, whatever you A say. mossy wall. It looked like you were doing a wildlife program. <laughs> um, so what I was going to ask was, um, you said last time that mm. it was really important that you don't get your self-worth from a job. Yes. And it occurs to me that immediately after that you did a job, which probably is one of those jobs, which does by its very nature of how it did and all the stuff around it mm. affect your self-worth. Mm. So did that job make you feel happier? Did it make you feel more as a person? It's a horribly phrased question, but... You, no, you know I, mean? I don't think... Not in the way that... Like, the thing about that job was it was not a job, really. It was not... Like, that doesn't... I know that sounds a bit weird, but it was about something so specific and so, um, like, the greatest thing about it was it had such integrity as a piece of writing, and that's because of Duncan Macmillan. And then Jeremy was really clear about keeping it about that. And I remember the day that the reviews came out, because I always read reviews and uh, always have, and I um, it, it was really weird. I was with my sister in a cafe, and we kept reading these reviews, and I was like, "Oh fucking hell, this is quite full on actually." And so that evening, when I went into work, I saw Rufus Norris in the corridor, and he asked me how I was, and uh, and it was really funny because you expect that people will go, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god," but what I needed was people to check in with, "Okay, so this has gotten full on now. Are you all right?" <laughs> um, and I said to him, there's a line in the play that said, I just want to continue to be honest. And that was, the, that was my, my thing for the whole entire run. I want to continue to be honest. Because if I, had, if I had let the reviews get in, I'd have been done for. You have to keep bringing it back to the play. And so that night I went on and there was a palpable, I could feel in the audience. It was like, come on then, show us this fucking performance everyone's been talking about today in the papers and I thought no you're going to get the play tonight and you're going to get the play every other night that you come to see it because you can't you just can't if you start believing if you notice actors that you would have seen years ago that were really brilliant before anybody knew who they were and then they become well known the ones that can maintain the standard of work that they had before they became well-known are the ones that aren't getting their esteem from it. But others, I'm sorry, I'm not going to mention names, but you just think, wow, what happened to you? And you think, oh, the hype happened to you. You know, you, you know you what know. your thing is. Yeah. You know what people like. You yeah. want to give it to them. Absolutely. People, you know people love it or you think people love it. You have to be so, so careful. Yeah. And then before we opened in the West End, Jeremy was so clever because he invited an audience of 100 people to, or no, 50 people to the rehearsal room, all people that were in treatment. So people from the Priory, people from Freedom. And we did the play for them without any lights or sound excuse me, or anything, and we remembered what it was about, because we were about to take that play into the West End. I was about to do this performance That's in the nice West idea. End. And so at the end of that run that we did for them, we stood in a big circle and we said the serenity prayer and we all cried and we remembered that the message of the play was, was the thing. 
Okay, so just taking a quick leap on, um, and this is kind of a, uh, I suppose, a check-in. Last time I asked you, um, or I said about the agent who told me that an actor's were never truly happy, blah, 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 blah. And I wondered if, if that's sometimes true for some people. In the five minutes after you get a call to say you've been shortlisted for an Olivier Award, what goes through your head? Where are all the black people? Honestly, that was... That, that we was couldn't believe that Noma, Noma, Sharon D. Clark, Marianne Jean-Baptiste, I couldn't believe, I could not believe that there were, we were all white women in that category. And although I was like, oh, amazing, like, that's great, I also thought, oh, it's quite hard to get super hugely excited about being in a category that I felt didn't reflect the great work that happened on stage. I'm not saying anything against the actresses that were in the category, because, you know, Gemma is one of my good friends, and I was fucking delighted for her. But there were women that were overlooked, and I believe they were overlooked because they were not white. And uh, so so then, then it became about, well, how do I redress that somehow and make an Olivier nomination really mean something as opposed to, like... In what other industry, like my sister's a surgeon, there isn't an award ceremony every year for, you know, look, I'm not doing it down and I'm very grateful for it and it definitely has changed things for me in my career. But if it had just been about an Olivier Award for me that night, it would have felt a bit gross. Just to accept it and not say anything. Yeah, not say anything. Like the whole night, I mean, it was just, it was such a strange, strange thing to... To still be in a scenario where um, non-white actors and actresses are not being recognised at those types of things, because those types of things are seen by the masses, you know. So we need to be showing younger and young kids and younger people themselves in award ceremonies if we're going to have these huge backslapping events then you have to have a reflection of a real society and we're still not getting it in you know I've moved into TV now and I'm part of a fantastic production at the moment which is is just amazing it's about the black power movement in London and to the read through I cried at the read through because I've never seen a more diverse company of people and then I've moved into something else and again it's it's white you know it's so there are still things. There is a lot to be done. It's fair to say, though, that uh, the awards that you were nominated for this year, for multiple reasons, ended up being fairly, not controversial is the wrong word, but politic politicised. Mm. Do you think what you said about the Olivier, do you think that will have an impact? I don't know, but I would not be able to forgive myself if I didn't say something. It's like when I saw the Oscar nominations and I thought, okay, well, this is fucking terrible. But if every single person who wins says one thing, if they all make their speeches about the lack of diversity, then something is happening. But nobody did. And you thought, I thought, ah, oh, everyone is so desperate to be part of the gang. And they think this piece of metal that, you know, it's lovely and everything, but... There are more, there are better things that you can use your position for. So what are they? And what, I mean, I think what's really interesting is that you have, like, what, 
just as a summary of this, I think your Twitter bio says something like, I'm here to talk about women yeah. and equality in the arts, right? Yeah. Um, what kind of things have you been getting involved in or what are the big movements or mm. groups that you're trying to... So in support? Ireland, I was so inspired by the Waking the Feminist movement because, you know, they took on our national theatre because there was no female playwrights in their 100-year anniversary. Um, and then it opened up this huge thing about how women are written out of our the arts, you know, in all areas of the arts, you know, and... Um, and then over here you have equal representation for actresses, which I've been involved in. And it's about how we, you know, it's like I talked to you during the week about... But this thing that I'm doing at the moment, for example, I am the lead role. And the lead role is, it's called, it's the, the name of the series is a female name. It's my name. And yet when they announced it, um, the BBC press release was was that, you know, and then, but then other publications took it on and turned it, it and yeah. turned it into, you know, the more famous man that's in it leads this company, and and I tweeted, which I I only use Twitter really for political. <laughs> to kind of do so if I'm going to have to do it, then I'll do it, <laughs> but I'll only do it to kind of. I don't know, have some sort of a voice. And Facebook, so I, on the other hand, you use for uh, my friends. cat videos. Yeah, cat videos, donkeys, goats, all of that. Um, so with Twitter, so I said, I think you'll find, it was the Daily Express, I think, and I said, I think you'll find it's me that's leading the cast because what, if I don't say anything, then that sort of thing just carries on. So and what it's happened more, over that? Did the, Daily, did the Daily Express or Daily Telegraph, did they take No, but like 500 people retweeted it and, and, and then it ended up in the, the mail. Um, mm. But again, report, oh, but, then, <laughs> but reported in such a way that you know, nobody gives Denise Goff second billing. And it's like, it's not about that. That's not, this is not an ego thing. This, this is, is about a how, Goff thing. No, this it's a, about how yeah. we report about women's achievements and why is my achievement as a woman who has 15 and years... That, actually, the male's interpretation of it is worse than the, um, than the, than the initial mistake. Yeah, and I think that it's so... Um, it's derogatory, and, and also I think it's bad for men too. I don't think it's very good for the guy who they talk about, you know, because it's like, uh, it's sort of, I don't know, most of my, well, all of my male friends are feminists, so I don't really know anybody who agrees with, you know, I, basically I just think that we are still being uh, reported about in, um, in a way that is not empowering, and so we have to, address that ourselves and that means that I might become somebody who gets a reputation of being difficult because it's easier to put a woman in that category than to say oh she's got a point actually hang on the whole series is about the central female figure it's not about um, her in relation to the man it's the man in relation to her like so yeah, so the, so that happening was really shocking. I was like, oh wow, it really, it really happens. But I'm not going to shut up about it. And the thing is, for me as well, Jonathan, is that I, 
if they decided that I, if, if it was decided that I was just too much like hard work to get a job in TV or the work dries up, and t- that's fine. <laughs> it's really fucking fine. You know, I only ever wanted to be a theatre actress anyway. It's fantastic that I'm getting access to the kind of scripts I am now on screen and I'm really, really happy about it. But I will not, I will not be told that I have to shut up about things that... I feel strongly about in order to be allowed to be on telly. What have you learned about the industry in the past year following on from that? I've learned that it's really fickle. Um, I've learned that you have to keep your head when all about you are losing yours and blaming it on you. <laughs> you really do. Like you, and also you have to be, I have to be really careful of, you know, people projecting an image onto me of what I am and then by, you know, me think, because Jesus, like people had such a connection to that beautiful play. But if I was to, to get involved in too much of that, I, I, I would think, I would think I'm like a god or something. You have to be really careful of the industry will do this huge thing with you and you think, hang on. Like I had a girl come up to me, I was having an argument with my boyfriend on the phone and I was really upset and I thought everything was falling apart and then this young girl came up and she bowed and gave me a note and I wanted to say to her, you must never, you must never bow to anyone. Especially if you could hear what has just happened in my life on this phone, you know? I don't know. So, so I learn about the industry that there's a lot of smoke and mirrors and there's a lot of, you know, yeah, like people make stuff up about you. And, and I think also there's a, you know, I've got a job at the National next year doing a beautiful play and, and I know that, that people are thinking... How is she going to follow it? How is she going to follow what she just did? But I'm not going to. Well, like I said, I was going to ask, do you feel the pressure of, that's Denise Goff from People, Places and Things. She yeah. better be fucking good. Absolutely. They, but I can feel that that's happening. But it's whether I choose to go along with it or not. I'm playing Harper because I want to play Harper. And I want to work with Russell. And I want to be in a play that's directed by Marianne Elliott. If people don't like it, it's not my problem. Like... Um, to follow on from that question, then what's, what have you learned about yourself over the past year, if anything? Um, I've learned that I really like nice things and that I really like earning money and that I really... We always knew you liked nice yeah, things. Yeah, you see, it's funny though, but when you're really poor for a long time... You still bought them, Denise. Sometimes. I did still buy them, yeah. but now, like, now I'm literally, I'm going to be so broke. <laughs> no, I, I've learned that I... I really am about the work. I'm really happy about it because I I didn't. Yeah, it's it's a really nice thing to go. Oh, brilliant! I didn't go to the Olivier's and I and and like want to go to the party and and like I, I didn't want to do that. I went for a burger with my beautiful boyfriend instead and like had had a night with my family and had a night with the cast like. I'm so glad that when it came to it and all the shiny stuff was there on offer, I was all right with actually, I'm going to go and get a burger. Yeah. Um, That felt good. Just to kind of, uh, I suppose... But I do like nice things. I'm trying to make make this still an interview that feels like it fits with the others. One of the things that I was going through was thinking, how does that question apply now? So if you were to go back to 
Denise in, I think it was July last year we mm-hmm. spoke. And based on everything that's happened in the intervening oh God, months. It's only a year, that's bizarre. So it's a year since, really, it's who started September, right? So it is rough, pretty much a year since that, that it happened. So if you could go back a year and offer Denise at that point, day one of rehearsals, thinking, oh, I'm probably going to cry a lot, I'm going to try and hold my shit together. And you could offer that Denise some advice or just a kind of like, this is going to happen, be ready and maybe handle it differently. What advice might you give? Do more yoga. Do more yoga, like look after your body a bit better. Um, Because I think we might do it again at some point. I don't think she's done. And go, so, uh, so like going back and going forward, I would just say, you know, it's really imperative that you eat really well, that you drink loads of water, that you make time for yourself. Yeah, be really, really gentle with yourself. That's what I would say. Because I think I just, I had so, it felt like it was just so much to do all the time. Like, if we do it again, I will literally lie in bed most of the time when I'm not on stage, you know? But there was so much stuff around it this time. You'll be that like, I can see I you being Oh, my God. Just... And I've bought the most amazing mattress, so, for, you know, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm you ready to lie in bed. Or I can see you being the actress that spends all day in her... A spa. Uh, well, no, I was thinking more of a dressing gown that, yep. that doesn't have clothes that aren't costume. That's me. That's what I'm heading for. That's uh, where you're going, so right? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to ask a question and a few questions actually on the trot, which are identical to questions I asked you last year. Uh, are you successful? Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> I can't. Uh, have you been lucky? Yeah. Have you had, or do you believe in, big bricks? It's tough on that, isn't it? Because I guess I have to. Because it was a bit of a break, wasn't it? It was a big break, yep. But they all were. I don't know. I believe in a series of breaks. So, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Don't look at me for the answer. I'm asking the questions. Yeah, fucking hell, John. Fucking hell, you know, you and Noma there was money we're <laughs> It's like, try to turn the question back on him. Is that, yeah. is that what what do you believe is that what you, Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. No. Uh, and... Not finally, but are you in anything at the minute? Yes, I'm in loads of fucking things at the minute. This is great. Yes, I'm in a show called Gorilla about the Black Power Movement, which is fucking brilliant. And then I'm in Paula, the BBC thing. What's about that guy? It's about, there's an actor who is leading the... Yeah, go fuck yourself, Jonathan. (laughs) (laughs) I will be supported... By three wonderful male actors in that, um, yeah, and and then I'll go back home to the national. And the only <coughs> questions I have remaining to ask is uh, quite selfishly, and if you could, even if the answer isn't what I'm looking for, if you could possibly work out what I am looking for and give me some kind of ego massage <laughs> and or boost. Okay. Uh, did anybody mention the honest actors <laughs> to you? Everybody. I swear to God, it's a very strange thing, right? Because it was like again one of those alchemical You're things. Doing really I mean, well, by the you way. were You're doing really yeah, but well. you were very clever. How you fucking you shifty that I knew it. You saw that that was 
that that happened and when you you kind of linked these two moments together which was amazing so I, I feel like I, I did, had those I moments actually, with you because I didn't know you were going to do people and places and things when I interviewed you that's right but but I think when it came out we it, it felt to me like the honest actors podcast and me had our big break at the same time which felt really lovely and yeah. so I have I feel like it's like th- this thing that is com- is alongside me on this, which is why I thought we should do it again. Somebody said to me, uh, I don't, because I don't post a, a lot about jobs, or very rarely if I ever post about jobs on Twitter. Um, so I got a theatre job, and so I did post about it, because it was like, oh, I'll post about this. And somebody sent me a private message and said, oh, it's so great that you're working. It feels like a, a victory for the honest actor community. That's what it's true. Said, right? And I figured... If that's what it was like when I got a gig for eight weeks in Wales uh, playing a supporting role, uh, then it must be kind of a, a hundredfold for you because people genuinely feel they've got an invest, they've invested. Yeah, but what you've done though by creating this thing, and I've said it to you over the year and sent you text this messages. Is, You're not good at shut up and go listen into to me. Podcast. No, but this is um, what you've done is created it's like AA for actors so what you've done is you've given uh, a forum for actors to and actresses to identify with each other and identification is the most healing thing that we have like the amount of people that I have talked to over the last year who have been really honest about how they're feeling you know so it all stems from this idea that let's be more honest with each other and so I had a friend say to me it's fucked and fucked and it's really difficult and two weeks later she got two jobs and then another guy sent me an email after seeing the show a friend of mine and he was like I don't know how I feel about being an actor anymore and really really open and he's now got fucking amazing job and it's like we've all started this community that you've helped create we do reach out and talk to each other in a way that is really really helpful and it's the way that people I think the industry is frightened of us uh, having that kind of identification because it's kind of in their interest to keep us scared isn't it but we if we talk to each other just the feeling you get of having someone go I know man I fucking know that feels so crap like it unlocks something you don't feel on your own anymore you don't feel like you're mad and that that's what this thing, this community... Like, I got a beautiful note from one of the ushers, an usher that works in the West End, who said, like, who said something about, you're, like, the hero of all the ushers in the West End. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing that this idea of all these young people who are probably putting themselves through drama school, you know, who work at the theatre, have all kind of listened to these podcasts and stuff and, like, thought... Come so on. they feel yeah Come because on, but it means it's like in athletics you have people that you can get behind and everything and if 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 I am that for people then fucking great that's really really brilliant because I think what you've opened up is the what it's like to be to really be an actor not I got a big break fresh out of drama school and now I'm super famous that's a whole different thing which comes with its own stuff but for the for the majority of us who have had to go back into waitressing after we've done a gig somewhere or are all trying to pay our rent I was a terrible waitress oh I know darling you didn't even have the boobs for it you see um 
No, I had it's when I read those. When I know it is, it's a terrible thing to say. That's like a Trump thing to say. Let's not even get started on him. No. But like I read the blogs and stuff. Like Katie Ellen Salt does amazing blogs for you. Like she's really articulate. And the high five one that you wrote recently. We should all be high fiving each other. The fact that we are even auditioning you know in Sinead Matthews podcast when she said she left the audition and she was like laughing at how shit she was when I listened to that (laughs) I'm just still one of my favorite moments I know because you think we never used to talk to each other like that you know maybe a small pocket of people you would talk to but now actors and actresses are talking to each other and it's really really special so so yes everyone talks to me about the honest actors podcast and but not just about the Honest Actors podcast, the thing that it has mushroomed into, which is a fucking That's support cool. group for actors, because we need it. That's cool. Um, well, thank you for You're giving so your welcome. time, for <gasps> being so kind. You found a feather. Which means there's an angel. Or... Shut someone. up. Okay. Don't ruin it, you cynical, twisted bastard. Thanks. Uh, on that note, thanks for giving your time again. Oh, so, such a pleasure. I look forward to doing the 10-year anniversary interview uh, whenever I have Next to, year. We're going to do that next year. <laughs> whenever though. I have to speak to you through an intermediary. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of priestess. Yeah, some fucking... You'll have to run a gauntlet. You'll have Basically, to... Um, yeah. You're no inside. eye contact, all yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. I'm heading there. Don't you worry. And, you, and I feel and like I should go there just so I can provide everybody then with my fall from grace, you know? Yeah. So everyone is behind me and then I'll become a complete bitch and everyone will be really disappointed and then I'll have to say sorry publicly and that's it for this very special edition of the Honest Actors podcast I will be back later in the year uh, with further interviews but before I go for now I feel I should say that the only reason I left that last section in uh, which is pretty much a love in uh, where Denise talks about uh, how positive uh, uh, an impact this particular project has had um, is because I've had one of those wobbles recently where as Denise put it about one of her friends I don't know how I feel about being an actor anymore Um, and that's partly because I haven't worked for a while, it's partly because I suppose of my age and thinking there are lots of other things I could do. I'm wondering if, if I don't do it now, will it be too late to change my mind and all that kind of stuff. And I have to say that I ran the marathon and about 15 or 16 miles in was thinking, God, this might be the last thing I do as an actor. This might be my last act as an actor to run the marathon for the Actors Children's Trust. However, I was editing this interview of Denise's And we came to that last section, which, for all intents and purposes, like I say, is, uh, you know, very flattering uh, and uh, lovely to hear, but entirely unnecessary and something I would have otherwise excluded from the podcast. And it kind of made me feel a lot better. I say kind of, it made me feel a lot better. And part of the reason why I started the podcast was because I was in the doldrums a couple of years ago, feeling very similar and... As soon as I started to have the chats, the very first interview I did with Simon Darwin, subsequently with Tom Goodman-Hill, I started to feel better and I started to feel like I wasn't alone. And as I say, I started to feel like that again recently. And this little uh, bit of editing and listening to Denise talk about her experiences and those of her friends kind of made me feel like um, 
I wasn't alone again. So uh, that's why it's been left in. It made me feel better. I hope it means, makes other people feel better too. But, you know, as they say, enough about me. Uh, I hope everybody's good. I hope you're working. And if you're not working, I sure as hell hope you're happy. Uh, and like I say, I hope to be back with more interviews later this year. Have a good summer. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.